This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll always remember it was late afternoon. It lasted forever. It ended so soon. Yeah, moving ahead. In places no one will find. Oh, you're feeling so deep inside. Hit it. Deep inside. Was there that I realized that forever was in your eyes? The moment I saw you You cry. That was Cry by Mandy Moore. My guest today killed the vocal, so I I was just like, you know what? We're going to be untraditional today, 2023, all about shaking things up. And I was like, guest, you take the lead. <laughs> so you know what? Where were I mean, not where were we? What year is it that we're listening to me anymore? We're back in 2008. You know, my my year, I love it when the guest of the day has the same year as me. It just feels so cozy and at home. And I know you're like, Greta, we've been in 2008 before. What are you going to tell me that's different? How are you going to get me in the mood for 2008? So today I decided, again, this episode is going to be crazy because we're doing new things. I am going to tell you the 2008 food trends. Now, there are two things that are interesting about this. The first thing is I found a list on Grub Street Mm. called Food Trends for 2008, okay? This was written on December 11th, 2007. So this was someone, you know, three weeks out to 2008 was like, I'm going to guess what I think the food trends are going to be. And now, because, you know, we are a solid 15 years past 2008, we get to kind of see if this is true. Mm. So this list, it's only 11 things, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Okay. Grub Street thinks in 2008, food trends. One, speed. Forget drive-ins. People will order and pay for food with their mobile phones. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) A witch wrote this. A witch wrote this. Two, niche dining. Very specific focus food outlets such as ceviche bars, chocolate lounges, and kebab counters. They didn't mention poke, but that's included. That's included. Three, gastro bartenders. This is called the quote-unquote bar chef phenomenon where bartenders are using more fresh ingredients and exotic ingredients like herbs and superfruit. I will say yes. I will say this happens for sure. Nutritional scoring. Wow, this is crazy. This person was so spot on. We already get nutritional labels on food. Menus maybe next. Okay, and that's happening. When I go to my mobile phone to order food, I can see the caloric count. Head-to-tail dining. Yes, innards are on the menu. This has become very popular. 
dessert restaurants. These are apparently big already in some locations. Pastry stuffs are opening. Okay, see, I don't feel like dessert restaurants went as far as this person thought. Well, let's reference the Union Square classique, Max Brenner. Max Brenner. Which what? Went out of business. Yes, and was a... A chocolaterie. A chocolaterie. Um, wacky ice cream. This one is self-explanatory. What's the strangest flavor you've seen? Okay, I do feel like wacky ice cream is a thing. Like salt and straw, they get crazy. Uh, it, it, it has prevailed. I was just in Portland and the ice cream flavors were out of pocket. No, they're unwell. Un- not okay. They're unhinged. No one needs... Like, I... I personally, I am not like a bacon in everything person. Like, I hate that personality type. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's just on that. Gastronomy for kids. Mm. We're going to go a hard no on that one. Kids don't deserve gastronomy. Okay, this one's interesting. Are you ready for this? Hamburgers go upscale. I mean, I kind of feel like that's so true. This one has been around for a while, but apparently it's trickling down to fast food outlets and custom burger bars. I think those have... Remember um, when people were lining up for milkshakes at Black Tap? Like, it was like a... Yeah. And that's a burger place, I think, like, tried to put an updo. I'm going to say the next one is wrong. Small is big. The small plate phenomenon continues. Mm. If you want to get divorced, bring your husband to a tapas restaurant. It's very funny because I I do have a joke about a tapas restaurant in the hour that you're going to see at the Elysian Theater on, uh, March, on March, 15, March 14th, 14th, March 14th, 21st and 28th. Please get your tickets to come and see me at the Elysian Theater. It is my hour of comedy where I do have a joke about tapas in that. Anyway, the last one is ethical eating. And I feel like ethical eating did get big. You know, like, I feel like people care more. Oh, about the things that the cows are being fed. Yeah. About the ways the chicken are being slaughtered. Correct. And, like, where and, like, location and, like, blah, blah, blah. How many in a cage. Correct. Anyway, so that's kind of, like, to get us in the mood for 2008. Oh, and according to the internet, 2008 was, in the United States, the year of pesto. Hmm. Mazel tov to pesto and having such a good year. The, We're so proud of her. The girl has pestos. Honestly, pesto is one of my favorite sauces. And I'd say that if anybody wants to feel like a cook, they'll put a blender. What's in pesto? It is basil, pine nuts, or if you don't like pine nuts, you can use like another nut. But I'm a pine nut girl. Sure. Classically. Sure. Basil, pine nuts, lemon, a ton of olive oil, pecorino cheese. And then you feel like you are Allison Roman. Yes. And salt, of course, you can't forget salt. Who knew 2008 was such a year for food? I know. And where were we in 2008? We were in St. Louis, Missouri. We were. who were we in 2008? We were a closet case with a dream, honey. And our name was Eric Williams. Oh, that's my name. (laughs) (laughs) AKA a closet case with a dream. Eric Williams. Eric. Greta. Thank you for coming on the show. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here, truly. What a treat, just like pesto. Mmm. Bl- mm. Blended up with blended. the pine nuts included. So tell me, what was going on in your life in 2008? You know, as you know, as we talked before we started the podcast, mm-hmm. Randy Sklar was on a few weeks ago, also a St. Saint, a Saint Louisan. I don't know if And it's, a St. Louisan Jewian. And a St. Louisan Jewian. You guys went to the same synagogue. Synagogian. Synagogian. <laughs> sure did. Saint Louis. Shout out to B'nai Amunab. Hello, <laughs> B'nai Amunab. 
Yeah, I have to say, um, if we go back to B'nai Mona, um, a little before high school was my bar mitzvah, of yes, course. And by yes. bar mitzvah, I mean my B'nai mitzvah, because my twin brother and I were bar mitzvah well, together. Well, by the way, I had a B'nai mitzvah too, because I went to a very, I went to the largest um reform congregation in dc and since there were so many of you okay do you remember how our year everyone was like this is the hot this is the most kids of like yes. the boomers like had the most kids like this wow, year i forgot and it was like the most college applications the yeah. most people graduating from college or high school the most this and that so this it was the same thing for the bar and bat mitzvah season because they were like this is the most kids we've ever had to bar and bat mitzvah so you had to share a date so i had to share a date who Me did you share with shout out to zach ratner i don't know where you are but you know so your ser- your service was together yeah did you have to share like did you do one half of the half Torah or something did you ever do a unison moment no did you harmonize we didn't we could didn't he, could he sing i have to be honest no and like i i was i was killing it like of course you i were. was fully i was singing my like half Torah portion to the tune of amazing grace <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you were, of course, adding vibrato at age all 13. Well, in my mind, I was like, this isn't because, you know, my mother famously banned me from getting an agent when I was a child. So I was like, well, (laughs) you know, Zach Ratner could have agents on his side. So I need to be. Kill! I need to be giving 110. Listen, I'm sure his uncle in D.C. was looking for talent <laughs> because Signature Theater was casting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you nailed it. I Mine was devastating because I had had a growth spur. I was six feet tall. My mm. shoe size currently is in tennies a 13. At, oh, my God. At age of 13, they were also a size 13. Oh, my God. You were like flipper. <laughs> I was, yeah. Were you a good swimmer? You know what's devastating about that question is that when people hear the height, they, of course, ask about insert sport here. And um, could I swim? Sure. Yes. Were you good? No, mama. I also, <laughs> the, the, the basketball question came up, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm not joking. I was walking my dog and this stranger, I haven't been asked this in at least one to two decades. Guy walks next to me. He goes, oh, you're tall. Basketball player. I was like, I am a 33-year-old gay man. <laughs> No. With a herniated disc, honey. Yeah. You think that I have touched a basketball? I was I was on the basketball teams, and the only memory I have is when I was all alone on the side of the court because I guess the ball was thrown to me. I couldn't get it in the basket by myself. Here's my thing. I feel like basketball players now are, like, low-key jacked. And I'm not saying you don't have a gorgeous bod, <laughs> but, like... I don't have... You know, like, basketball players, I feel like they're, like fucking buff now. Well, that's the thing is I would look at the basketball players I'm like, sure, you are tall, but you have some mass. And yeah. I was gang green, gangling, bitch. Yeah. I was like, at the time, if we're talking about going into high school, I was at the baby fat era. I was six feet tall, but chunk. Mm. I was having... Uh, were you chunk all through high school or did no, it No, that's what. So uh, it's a funny story because I was like chunk, nary a jawline to be seen. Mm. But then I saw that lack of jawline. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to stop eating as much ice cream. I'm going to. Oh, you put yourself on a diet. I did. And I literally think it was a combination of having like granola and yogurt at lunch instead of chocolate pudding every day Mm. combined with just like the natural way my body grew that I did shed some pounds. And my mom, who famously needs to make sure that the worst fear is spoken, she goes, do you have an eating disorder? 
Yeah. Asked my doctor, does he have an eating disorder? And I was like, do I have an eating disorder? But I didn't. I just like. You just made your, you just like, you went toward a more healthy lifestyle. I just ate more healthily. I stopped drinking soda and I like lost a little too much weight because I think I had like a little bit of like a, insert devastating reference of like impoverished people. But like I looked a little too thin and then I think I just like evened it out but i never had the muscle mass to bring it back to basketball Mm. i never i after middle school i stopped pretending to enlist in a sport and i just went full theatrical roots that's great thank you i would i would just like to say that most people to some degree had like a devastating diet in high school i would have to agree devastating diet coupled with maybe like a devastating skincare situation whether it's the accutane whether it's the tanning bed especially in 2008 i had an impeccable skincare routine only because my mom's best friend was our dermatologist stop it so i was like on the skincare early. I also was terrified of tanning beds. See, that surprises me about you because I know that you were so hot in high school and I feel like <laughs> a I feel like a pole of hot girls was an infrared cancerous bed. There were different kinds, you know, that we de- I definitely had those girls in yeah. my school. Did that you spray? I didn't. Wow, I I'm didn't. so impressed. I only got I here's what my tanning journey, if you really want to know, didn't spray, didn't tan at all, like all at all through high school. Wow. Then I went to University of Arizona for my freshman year and got all this all the sun damage the world had to offer in a year by sitting outside. Oh yeah, by just like, you know, I always wear sunscreen. I would be the kind of girl that would like always wear sunscreen on my face but would never wear sunscreen on my body. So your face was perfectly like slightly paled and tanned. Yeah, I would have to like were... shellac my I still do. I need to like shellac my face to match my body even though I I was just saying I'm very pale. Do you have sunspots on your shoulders? Um do I? Oh my god, I love it. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Do I have some? You have a few really sexy freckles and then perfectly healthy skin. Yeah, but then you know what I what I did do, and I stopped because I when I left Arizona and I moved to New York, I did miss having like a little glow in the winter. I got kind of used to having like a little bit of tan, mm-hmm. and then I went to a stand up tanning bed. And the rest is hers. So well, hold on. I went to the stand-up tanning bed once, and I was like, okay. I was like, this is kind of nice. Like, I have a little color. And then I went another a second time, and I had a night seminar, like a class that was from like seven to ten. Yeah. And I tanned right before class, and I got to the class. I like didn't even look at myself in the mirror after the tanning bed. Like rushed to class, (laughs) and this girl sitting next to me, she was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Why? She was like. You're so red and you're radiating so much heat. (laughs) And I was like, what? And I like looked down and I was like, I think that the fucking tanning bed must have been like full blast. Like I got so burnt. No. And it was so embarrassing. And that, and everyone had. Well, the thing is, I thought I'm I'm devastated for you, but I'm glad the direction wasn't that you're tan, like rubbed off on the chairs. Oh, well, I, I have had, I. Do want you to know I have had spray tan incidents where, uh, like when I got proposed to in Mexico, I got a spray tan before because I was pale. Of course. And then I went to get a massage there and it was with oil and I was on bright white linen sheets and it literally looked like I smooched poo-poo all over them. (laughs) Smooched the poo-poo. Well, there's like, I feel like a few housewife scenes where... 
I'm sure like Dorit or someone like stands up from the white reunion couch and it's just like, or like, or like, or like has to like lose their deposit for like the Airbnb. And the question is, were you tanning in high school? <laughs> Honey, no, I, I, the only, I, I regret even the thought coming into my head and now that I'm saying it, I regret it even more, but I did do a jerk and self-tan when I was in a problematic uh, production of Once on this Island. Wow. Okay, so wait, you were full on, and we're getting back to you in high school. Sure. So you were you were in high school, you lost a bunch of weight, and you were full on in theater. I was full on in theater because I, it's just an in- interesting um, paradox of being so deeply closeted, mm. but so unable to stop my gay roots from showing, yeah. which is the need to be in a spotlight. Yeah. Which was the need to... Uh, say school announcements in front of the school in the morning the need sure. to MC a variety show and lip sync dream girls sure. but I did not <laughs> come out to a single soul until literally the like fourth to last week of high school my senior year and so Who I was was it it was my good Gerlina Jordana yeah and we were in a steak and shake shout out I love steak and shake and you know if I'm being honest, the the full coming out story is that I was on a college trip to NYU to see if mm. I it was my senior year. And oh my God, I, I've told the story recently because how could I not? The first person I met during this trip to NYU was my first friend in college, Stephanie Shu, Academy Award nominee. Oh my God. Who I sat next to in this like accepted students reception. On the way back from this trip, I was in the Chicago airport with my mother, who had known I'd been bullied for my entire life, but I hadn't really talked about any of those traumas right. for a little bit. So my mom said, you know, Eric, let's choose the time while you're eating Panda Express and O'Hare to ask how are you feeling about, you know, we haven't talked about your sexuality, which I think we know when any Jewish mom yeah. doesn't have a single boundary or good timing. Yeah, and she and she knew. She probably she just knew. wanted to hear it. I think she probably knew that, like, also it was a rare time that we were alone without the, like, excitement of my other brothers or right. people. And so I instantly broke down and started weeping and told her I was gay. But, I mean, mm. as traumatic as that was, it, it did really, I felt the, the weight. Because I sat on the plane. I was like, you know, like my... F- Faces streaked with tears, right. but I also knew that it was an actual new chapter. I like, so I nice. felt the gravitas of it, and so I ended up before I told anybody else in my immediate family. I have three brothers, and I, I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell my brothers yet. I told my friend Jordana at Steak and Shake before we went to the concert of her boyfriend and the boy I was in love with. What was what was the oh wait hold on so you were in love with your best friend's boyfriend, boyfriend. and I texted her this very morning about it because you know I I love this podcast so much I just have to say like oh thank hu- you huge fan of senior superlatives huge fan of Greta I love the work that this room does and, thank you um, I have to say that when I found out I was going to be coming on I was like I actually don't know what my friend's perspective was of my loud faggotry mm. and so I texted my group of girls mm-hmm. because I did not feel close to really any boys in high school besides the my good girlfriend's boyfriend who I did theater with he was also an athlete so like I was friends. wow you know I gotta say say it I cannot stand the straight boy in high school who's an athlete and a theater person. Oh, honey. And nice and does community service. It's like you can't have it all. Well, I if, to me, if I want to make you feel a little better, he was nice to the people he thought he could get something from. And okay. he um, did end up treating me poorly. If you want to know the real 
truth. I haven't thought about this in years. But I he, do. I was in like as many shows as I could be in. And a huge theater in St. Louis is called the Muni. It's like, you know, a 12,000 seat outdoor theater. But was this um, like, were you doing theater outside of high school? This was like over the summer. Okay. So I would, between high school years, I would do like the youth ensemble. You would right. audition and be like a 20, like 30 teenagers, you know, being in the background of Greece, Right. Or whatever it was. And I we'll did. be together Also, P.S., that production was, there, these shows were insane. They had Broadway people coming, but this show was terrible. <laughs> Anywho, I was doing Les Mis. Oh. And it was a big deal because I was in a lot of the show and I got this guy, like my only two comp tickets I got, I of course gave them to the, the guy I was friends with and had a low-key crush on. And I found out that he came to the show, but he left at intermission. And the way oh. I found out is because I found out he went to a party and I asked my friends what time he arrived. Baby, Les Mis is three hours long. He got there at 9.15. The show started at 8. What you do dweeb. the math. What a dweeb. Fucking dweeb. It but sounds I- like he didn't even leave at intermission. It sounds like he left like half At the end of the day or another act- day. Yeah. Skip. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He, I don't know when. Oh, and then if I'm really being honest, I was doing, I did musical theater professionally like, right after college. Now I've kind of realized that I need to make a living. But I um, did, was doing a show in Nashville all of seven, eight years ago. And he lives in Nashville. I can't believe I'm. Did he come? It doesn't fucking matter. I'm just saying it all. He, um, so what well, happened? But, well, here's the thing. You haven't said his name. I haven't said his name. So. And so what happened is I hadn't talked to him in years. He really, whatever. I hadn't talked to him, but he messaged me. He's like, oh, you're in Nashville. So I said, you know what? I, I The show I'm doing, I have some tickets. I don't, well, I was at the Grand Ole Opry is where the show was. Cool. And what was I, the show? It was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <gasps> Who were you? I was the understudy for Cindy Lou Who's dad. Okay. Well, Cindy Lou Who's dad is fun. Yeah. Papa Did you get Who- to perform at all? No. I, I was in the ensemble when I wasn't doing that, and it was a ter- I mean, terrible, terrible experience. It was like 10 to 12 shows a week. And it wasn't like a, a theme park show. It was like a full show. But they just did so many. It ended up being like fine because I got paid pretty okay for what it would have been the hotel that i was put up in was pretty good we had rental cars like you know it could have been worse but it was one of the turning points for me to be like oh i deserve a different life and career so anyways i give him tickets and then um i say hey um after the show meet me in the lobby i go to the lobby after the show he's there Okay, I thought you were going to say that he... Before he says anything, before I say anything, I I give him a hug and he goes, so... And I was like, what now? There was so much traffic. We walked in during this part. The this part he referenced was the bows. No! I said, I understand that there was some traffic getting to the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. I do not understand that it is two hours long. Also... The theater is full, honey. Everyone else made it on time. And lie to me. I don't care that you didn't see. Is he straight? Yeah. This guy's a dweeb. (laughs) Oh, I agree. I agree. Dweeb dweeb vibes and also like I have now learned. What made you fall in love with him in high school? Because he was hot. He was um, confident. But also he was like someone that we could laugh during theater things together. Right. And he... You know what it is? Tr- truly, he probably wasn't mean to me. Mm, <laughs> and and I still carry with me a lot now of like, if I find a friendship with a straight man, it means so much to me because I think that there's something about a straight man who can be friends with 
gay people, queer people mm-hmm. that can like really make them feel seen and safe mm-hmm. that especially growing up in the Midwest in a very specific sliver of St. Louis, I like the, the, the meanest people were to me were straight men. Were you bullied a lot in high school? You know, it's funny because I was definitely bullied, but I was I had this again, this paradox of like I was deeply closeted, but I was really still myself, like pretty funny and loud and silly and like bursting to express myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to shine some of my light in a way that like attracted my good girlfriends that I felt great with. But then there were also the straight assholes who were mean to me. And so I definitely was bullied, but it's not the traditional thing where you look back and you're like, he must have been eating his sandwich in the bathroom stall, but I was sitting with my girls because they were my people that I felt safe with, and I was like protecting myself against the mean guys. Right. I mean, this, and and, and I, I have to say this because it's like a true part of the story is that when I started my podcast, I had to talk to my twin brother because... A part of my story is that some people that were a part of the bullying was my twin brother and my older brother. And not that they were like at school pushing me into trash cans, but they definitely didn't realize that I was gay and how some of the things were landing with me that they were, you know, picking at me for. Right. And so I had to tell him, you know, I've talked about this on my podcast a little bit. And he was so gracious. And I have to say that my brothers now, truly, not just to like protect myself and be feel fine with my family. My brothers have grown up to be really sensitive, great dads and good people. And so my nice. my twin brother said to me, you don't need to apologize for talking about it on the podcast. I was mean to you and I have to live with that. It's, are you guys identical or fraternal? Very fraternal. I'm 6'2". He's still 5'4". Oh, my God. He is straight. I am gay. He works in finance. I don't have money yet. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it is The crazy. height difference is wild. The height difference alone. I mean, people, of course, I had an identity crisis for a second, not alone, let alone being like the gay person in St. Louis trying to grapple with everything. I was also like my whole family. My mother is five feet. My dad's like five eight. I would say. I was like, do I have a DNA? Like, is, like, is there something so wrong? <laughs> is it like me? was I switched in the hospital? But no, I came out of my mother's my my poor mother having these two babies in her tiny five foot frame. Oh my god! Yeah, it's 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 a it, my high school experience was crazy. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu 
slash podcast. Because I talked about this a lot uh, on last week's episode with Jill Gutowitz, how like it was felt like it was like peak time when we were in high school of every joke being like, you're gay. Yes. Or like the F word, which I don't say. Everyone's like, why do you call it the F word? Just say it. No. Well, for honey. the record, some of the only straight people or any person that is not a gay man that could say it, one of those people is Greta Tidal. No. For sure. I'm not no, saying you should. I'm saying that no, if you ever no, feel. <laughs> no, no. I have one girlfriend that I'm like, you can say fact. But um, I, it was the year, and it's funny, you beautifully re-released the Matt Rogers episode of this podcast. And he said something that really resonated too with me, which is like that this was the era where Eminem was on the radio saying like how fucking, you know, bad it is to be gay. And it was that time. Here's what it was bad to be. It was bad to be gay. and It was bad to have body hair. Both of those things I wasn't had. (laughs) I mean, body hair. Oof. I talk about it too much on my podcast because I I have. You felt like it was bad for you for you to have body hair. She says with incredulity. Yes. I mean. It was bad news bears. I was shaving. I was in the locker room covering myself up. And to the point. Where a few, a couple of us were changing in the stall during PE. No, not the stall change. Yes, the stall change. I thought that I thought that only like girls did that. No, boys too. So I, what we would change in the stall, and to the point where the asshole PE teacher, like wrestling coach, fucking ugh, he was, and I'm sure to this day still fucking sucks. He came in. And I heard that this was happening. And he goes, if anybody changes in the stall again, I'm going to lower your grade by a letter. I was like, who are you protecting? Are you trying to Are you trying to look at little boys? Like, I, don't, I obviously didn't say I a mean, single word. But I don't know what, what he was trying to get at. What, what was the power move to say that we were not allowed to do that? I, maybe in his mind, he was like, I'm helping these kids by forcing them to feel vulnerable and afraid. But yeah, it was like... God, some like this is why there needs to be a test for you to be a teacher, to be an adult, to be a parent, to be. I think I, I, when I listen to this podcast too, I just like some of the things I hear. I'm like, I understand that everybody has a struggle and a journey and and baggage, but when it comes to young minds, I know I don't understand how certain things can be said. It's crazy because, like, you know, it is a time where you're like so. Uh, like insecure and you like don't know what's going on and then like there's nothing worse than like if you're feeling some type of way about yourself then you have a teacher like oh an God. older person that's supposed to be like knowledgeable kind of like reinforce that in your psyche oh my it's God. terrible I have to say one of the things that stuck with me and I it's clearly a very deep psychological impression that is speaking to what you just said i had a teacher because i was of course made fun of for being girly and gay and i had a teacher in like 10th grade who was talking about evolution and we were talking about for whatever reason like bodies and he was talking about the difference between the male and the female skull and whatever and he said like look at eric as an example as like a, a guy eric has like a um stronger jawline and when he said that i felt like a warmth goat like a beautiful, happy warmth go through my whole body because it's one of the only times that my quote-unquote masculinity had been like 
affirmed in front of a group of people and That's I haven't so forgot nice. about it. And I was, so that was, I was 16 years old yeah. and I'm now 33 still talking about it. I mean, look, these things impact us. And they, they stick with us. Yeah. I, and so, of course, I remember the mean thing said to me. But that moment, too, I was like, wow, I I guess I am not just a... They were like, and look at Eric, his gorgeous jaw. And now let's turn and look at Tiffany, her saggy, floppy tits dragging on the floor. Her childbearing her, hips. Yeah, her, chi- her sad childbearing hips and no jaw. <laughs> No job. All shall amount to be is a mom and a woman yeah. laboring. Mom and not, probably not even a wife. Not even. Probably just a mom. How many divorces, <laughs> Tiffany, do you think you're going to get? What? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, there was a lot. There was a lot of impressionable things said to us. And of course, I, to this day, also have daddy things where I love an older man. And I, my crushes on teachers started as early as, I mean, I remember in fifth and sixth grade. I like... I don't think I had enough crushes on my teacher. Really? Who are you crushing on? Boys my age. Yeah. That's probably because you and maybe were like, like Ashton more... Kutcher, oh, you know. Oh, same. But you, that might just mean you have more of a well adjustment in your brain. I was like, Mark, my sixth grade teacher was 43. I want to suck his... I mean, like, I was like fully 11 saying this like in my head. I was like, I actually talked about this recently. I had the honor of having Dave Holmes on my podcast, MTV VJ legend, yes. also from St. Louis, also Love gay. That. And he, I told him about a story that I would be like seven or eight years old and my dad owns a pharmacy and I would go to his pharmacy as a child and the businessmen that would walk in, I would have dreams at night of climbing them like a tree and grabbing their stubbly faces and making out with them at eight, like fully eight years old. I love that. It started early, girl. You know, the, we all have like our freaky deaky things. We do, and I it stuck with me. If I see a gray hair, mm. I think that like I definitely did like older guys because like when I was a teen, you know, I thought that like George Clooney was oh, so hot yeah. and like those people like are significantly older than us oh yeah you know? when you when you were dating boys though were you was it like um jock jams were you into the the quarterback or who were who were you crushing on it was it well we didn't have a football team in my high school sure you know um that was kind of kind of ran the gamut like the for, you know I would be like artsy guys some some like arts there were always like art sport m- combo like uh, I don't know so you liked you liked a guy you liked physique with sensitivity yeah, none of them were sensitive <laughs> <laughs> one of them was is but there like, someone right now that you like celebrity wise uh, really jerks your gurk this is hard. I, I gotta say, you know, Ashton Kutcher, so. me and Patty have been like looking at pics of Ashton. <laughs> he can fucking get it. I would love, I would love to have a threesome with him and Mila. Oh my God. Can like, you imagine? That would be a absolute dream. <sighs> what kind of lover do you think Ashton is? <sighs> he probably used to jackhammer. <laughs> but now, 
but now it's slow. He's the years go by and the hips go slow. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, I feel like he's like gotten healthy. He's yeah. been like running, you know. <laughs> stamina. He's like doing. Yeah, he's stamina. Mm. And Mila, I think Mila is crazy. She loves. I to think be on she like fucking snaps his back. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I think she's like. She's in charge. You know what I wish for these, just men in general? I wish that people like Mila at least offer up a pegging, offer up <laughs> a rim job. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she does. I just hope it's more widespread than is admitted, which is like men getting eaten out. I mean, I think that I think you'd be surprised. I'm sure. I hope I am. I think that, to be honest, here's what I will say. I actually think that in heterosexual relationships, the women are, are for the most part, more giving to be of service to the whole. It's the <laughs> men that are bashful about their little asses. Because I think men feel like, oh my God. It means if, something. If, if I like a finger in my ass or if I like someone eating out my ass, then it means I'm gay. Honey. And everyone's scared of being gay. Goddess put the pos... The prostate. The proster. The God prostrate the and the prostrate. In the prostate. In the boy hole in the for boy a raison. For a raison. And that's Bitch. in the Bible, you know? And God said, Let there, let be, there be prostate in, in the, the bee hole. hole. Yep. That's <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 11, 12, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's my Bible. 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 Um, were you a good student? So good. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I don't even know why I asked that. Well, I knew you were a good student. I bet you have good hand. I bet you have good handwriting. And that's where you're wrong. Really? It is chicken screech. Is it? It is. Well, I mean, it's not that bad. It's just not good. It's not. You know what I wish I had? I wish I had girl handwriting. I wish I had bubble letters, you know? Oh, oh my God. sister. My sister has the most gorgeous girly bubble letters ever. And it's like a curve. Like, I'm a lefty. Me too. Oh, oh my God. It's too far. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lefty. And it took me so long to like, because, okay, in school, the world is built for righties, okay? Scissors. Scissors, notebooks, fucking all of it. Pen. 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 Um, uh, 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 the stuff is looking at us like we're crazy. I'm just trying. How is it that much? Because oh, when you. Oh, wow. Privilege. When you write with a pen, <laughs> you drag, okay? So you can't, you can't just use any pen. You need to use like. I found Bix, Bic, like the plastic uh -huh. pen, yeah. like the one, like, you know, you can't use like an inky pen. You can't use an inky pen. And by the way, your handwriting too gets uh, damaged because if you have like a three ring moment or if you have a yeah. spirally tag, you need to it's like, getting in the way of the hand. Yeah, it's getting in the way Versus hand. the right hand where you just have paper and an open space. Right. You have freedom with the right hand. You don't, with the left hand, you're like, how am I going to work this out? And then next thing you know, you're turning your journal or your notebook yeah. fucking full on vertical or like horizontal. So the rings are there. There needs to and be more And then you're said. writing like yeah. all crazy. Left handedness is. It's hard. So then I, what I found is I write in all caps. That is so, that is so like. I hate to say it, but like power boss bitch move. Is it? I mean, I think so. Like, it kind of looks like I'm screaming. <laughs> like, it looks kind of crazy. 
She's got receipts like we're at a reunion. Oh my God, you do. <laughs> you know, I literally write in full on. It is also good handwriting. I wish I could show you mine. But it's, it's like, it looks like I'm screaming, you know? But I feel like people are going to find your journal in a hundred years and be like, she was an artist. No, they're going to find my journal in a hundred years and it's going to be like, I really think today is going to be a better day than yesterday. I just have to believe in myself. Everything will work out, right? She Question was an mark. artist who really <laughs> suffered. <laughs> Um, but I was I was a good student because I had a twin brother who we were competing against each other. Sure, you know it was like it was like who is better in this class? But it was always you. You in, know, in certain subjects, he unfortunately I didn't have a um a science brain as mm, much as he he's did. Math, math, math. He's a math science. science girl, and so he ended up doing like AP chemistry, and I was like, I'm gonna let loser. you have it, fucking loser. I yeah. was like, I'm gonna let you have that because I'm not even gonna pretend. Also, I'm sorry, being an AP chem, honey, it's embarrassing. Like, okay, what are you trying to prove? A- AP, AP European history, sure. Like, yeah, AU. AP bio, sure. AP chem. And he's not a doctor. Near, no. You got to be a doc. I'm calling you doc if you're an AP chem. If you did AP chem and you're not a doctor. Sad. Flop. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I don't make the rules. Well, he, uh, I think he's getting the last laugh because he owns a house. Uh, and you know what? You will too. I will. Um, did you drink in high school and do drugs? I, oh my God. I hadn't, God, what a great question. I did not, um do drugs but because you know what's funny is that when I went to college I like immediately freshman year was like okay marijuana is on the menu and let's see just marijuana yeah I never I was talking about this recently because I was um recently so I moved to LA like a year and change ago and I was recently confronted with um some people who are big cocaine Uh savants and I have really even though I spent over a decade in New York it has never been presented to you in New York I've never been offered cocaine (gasps) and I've never um never done it but also like not really been around it wow I can't explain why well you've probably been around it exactly you just haven't known I haven't known maybe I don't consider consider myself super naive but I guess I'm a naive cocaina girl you know but well some people are I find that it's very obvious when people are on coke. So maybe you weren't actually around it. Maybe. maybe you were maybe you were around really lovely, well-adjusted people that don't need to be doing drugs. Hashtag you know? nerds. Too, yeah. Maybe. I also think that in high school, the people that were like smoking weed and doing drugs and like pills and stuff, it it was considered like too far. Like mm, it wasn't cool. Right. Whereas drinking was very cool. And so I junior year was invited by a couple of friends to a party at like a farmhouse that Mm. was like 45 minutes out. And I said to my parents, hey, I'm invited to this party. I would like to go. And I hadn't really done that before because I, you know, like when I would hang out with my friends, we would see a movie. We would like, you know, like, and there was drinking at like house parties and stuff. But like I hadn't gone this far and they probably knew I was going to sleep over there because it was so far. So my mom was like, no, you're not going. Of course, my dad was a little more lenient because that's how the things go classically. And they finally allowed me to go. This is the first time I got wasted, the first time I did a beer bong, and the first time I got the spins. And it was terrible. Mm. I mean, I drank a lot of bush beer, maybe, and um, fell asleep on the floor and um, woke up the next day, went to SAT tutoring. No. And felt like I was going to die. Like I, Absolutely. And I, to, this, to this day, I don't really drink beer. I think probably because of that. 
getting the spins, especially when you're a teenager. Like, you're a teenager and your life feels so out of control. Out of control. And then you get the spins and then you're like at this party and then you're, you just have that feeling where you're like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm in a farm in the middle of Missouri. Like, clearly the people, the kids house who like the parents were either not there or like there and fully not right didn't care (laughs) didn't care that there were 40 17 and 18 year olds getting buck wild but yeah then i ended up i think like drinking throughout the rest of high school a bit at parties and um i got into adulthood and learned that just like alcohol Mm -hmm. has never made me feel that great while I'm drunk, I'm fine. But the next day I get so depressed. Mm. I'm now like weed girl through and through. Yeah. And I almost don't touch alcohol almost ever. You have pads. What does that mean? It's a little acronym that maybe I created with my friend that I used to work with in retail called post-alcohol depression syndrome. I have pads. Yeah. I have I'm a confirmed pads case. You have pads. I have pads and I think most people have a version of pads. Yeah. But some people, you know, forge ahead. Here's here's the dangerous territory I'm at with drinking. Uh-huh. If you want to know. I do. I love to drink. I love a cocktail. I love a glass of wine. Mm. I love an alcoholic beverage. I can really only have like my max, max, max before I teeter into pads territory is three in a night. Okay. That's my max before I teeter into pads. And, you know, it gets hard though, because then you're like, oh, well, I had a a glass of wine Monday. I can, and I had fun. It was great. And I can have a glass of wine Tuesday. And then I could have a martini Wednesday mm. and I could have a glass of wine. So when you're doing this thing where you're just having like a drink a night, then it's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm having a drink a night every single night. Yeah. And even though I'm not experiencing pads, it doesn't feel good in my body. Should we, yeah. I, but that's, I think, true about anything that feels good. Yeah. Is that should you be doing it every day? I think like, of course, sex is probably. You should be doing sex every be, day. You can be. You can be fucking every. Everyone day. needs to be having sex every day. I am not. <laughs> Me either. But I'm. If anybody is, I'm so happy for you. But um, I. If anybody in the world has ever had sex, here's one my day, question though. And you know what? Write in, and then and then we're gonna go to we're gonna go to school guidance counselor. But here's my thing: if you are having sex every day. With your partner and enjoying it, please write in. Please. Please write in because I don't think you're enjoying it every day. I don't. I think you're clocking it in. I think Checking it off a list. Yeah. I think you're like, you're proving something that you can. um, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around how emotionally and physically penetrating every day is even a thing. Can I tell you something psychotic that I do? Yeah. I, um, this morning, for example, I woke up and I thought to myself, I'm going to have sex with Abe tonight. So I've made the decision that that's what I'm going to do. But unless I make that decision earlier in my day, <gasps> it's probably not going to happen. And, or no, unless, to- unless he like, unless he seduces me, which he, the, the king can seduce, okay? But, uh, Viola, yeah. you are my woman. Exactly. King. Listen, I think we need to normalize planning, planning sex because it, it is, some, especially you and I are both married ladies. Aren't we, aren't you an Aries too? Virgo. Uh, 
But it's okay. Bay. It's okay. Virgos love to plan. Virgos love to plan. Virgos are big planners. And some people who might be married to me don't like to plan. There you go. And we need to normalize. I'm we like, normalize planning. It's okay to plan. We will come three minutes into sex and it'll be over. <laughs> I just think like planning, you sang this morning, I'm going to fuck. It's such a good a power move that needs to be normalized. Yeah, here's the thing. We're going to have sex later. It's going to be less than 10 minutes and it's going to be perfect. And that's it. Done. Done. Perfect. Oh, knock, knock, knock. Is that a knock on the door that I hear? Why, yes, it is. Welcome to the high school guidance counselor's office. It is me, your high school guidance counselor. And I'm here to heal all of the trauma of your past. And in this section of the show, you can use this time to say fuck you to someone, to apologize to someone, or do both. So please, Eric, I feel like you have a lot to get off your chest. Thank you, guidance counselor Greta. I do. It's um, high school has been tough for me, as you know, even though I'm such a high achieving student. You you are a very high achieving student. You're very popular with the girls, I've noticed. Thank you. Yeah, they're really sweet. Um, (laughs) I also, as you remember seeing in the audience, did a gorgeous job of playing Fagin and Oliver. Do you remember? You did. Yes, I do remember. I did, you know, I did have to leave it intermission, but you did do an it amazing job. It was a long show. Job. I know you had to get back to your broken yeah, marriage. you know. Um, so <laughs> um, I do want to say a fuck you, if I may. Yes. I want to say a fuck you to a specific high school bully. Love that. Who would not only make fun of anything that he deemed fit to make fun of, the way I walked, the way I dressed, the shape of my nose, the the way that I was girly. He also would make fun of me dancing at a party. And I want to say fuck you. To not only make funny, making fun of what makes me a fabulous fagotrini, mm-hmm. but I also want to apologize that I did not say fuck you to him earlier. Absolutely. If I could go back, mm-hmm. sorry, where I am back. Now that I'm back, I want to <laughs> say fuck you. Yeah. This glow mm-hmm. can shine and shine, and you're lucky to be basking in it. Here's what here's what I have to say about this bully. I think, and I know everyone says this all the time, to me that is like classic in love with you behavior. (laughs) Oh, man. Because that is classic. Like when a bully becomes so obsessed that it's like, I'm going to pick on your your hair, your face, your nose, your outfit, the way that you talk, the way that you move, the way that you, like, it's not just like one thing. Yeah, he did have a fixation. Yeah, it's like an obsession. And if we can go back to this moment that I'm, referencing is I was my senior year we had graduated yeah and there were like you know a few of the graduation parties and I remember being with a few of my girls yeah and let's say the song came on was like to the window to the walls mm-hmm. and I'm uh, to the sweat drop down my yeah. beep oh you can say balls I know but I was you know like yeah like we're in high school it's crazy balls are crazy drop down my... actually we that was always uncensored Always, I don't know. Oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. Oh, skeet, skeet, goddamn. Yeah. Side note, I said goddamn to my Catholic in-laws, and they were not a fan. Really? Yeah. I They're didn't... that Catholic, they don't even let you damn God. It's I, it's it's Georgia, and they she works at a Catholic school. I oh think she's God. surrounded. Oh, my God. God damn it. Surrounded. <laughs> oh, my God damn it. Oh, my God damn. So I'm at this graduation party and I'm dancing and this specific high school bully comes up to me 
and he like fake like mock dances and then he goes back to the guys who are clearly not dancing because they hate themselves right and then they're like and i remember looking at him and i think i did say like fuck you or i think i it was the first time i felt in my power of like standing up for myself and i remember thinking man it took me a little too long to be able to know that who I am is okay and what I'm doing right now is not something to be made fun of. Right. And so I wish that I could go. And of course, I still process now. I mean, my fucking podcast is all about asking people, like, whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame? And it's really mm. like reclaiming our, like, joy and our pride and, and, right. and, our, and on, like, unpacking those things. And so in my 30s, I'm still, like, realizing the shame that was told to me yeah that i believed for longer than i wish i had and so i'm glad i'm now knowing that i'm a magical you know gay unicorn but in high school i wish i had you know been able to be a 15 year old and be like god i there there he he's fixated and he's just sad about his parents fucked up marriage but then you know you wouldn't have been a 15 year old that's true and i would not have been a 15 year old and hello jamie lee curtis that clip she's like trauma Trauma, yeah. trauma. Like, I think I'm probably the way I am partly because. But now you can take peace, I do think, and yeah. being like, oh, you're actually obsessed with me. He was. I mean, you were he... tra- You were so deeply obsessed with me that, like, you you saw something in me that you wish you could see in yourself. Yeah. And then you were jealous and then you got mean. Wow, Greta, that's good. I hadn't actually, I hadn't actually, like, I think I was focused on the not only the pain, but also just the like fuck him of it all to actually yeah. internalize like, no, he he really felt some pull. Well, here's what I always think now. The thing that has gotten me to this point with like bullying, mm-hmm. I think to myself now when I find myself wanting to talk shit about someone yeah. or wanting to, you know, whatever it may be, I need to pa- I I I really don't enjoy talking shit. Yeah. I I think there's a time and a place and I think that sometimes it's really good for us to like metabolize what's going on and why we feel that way. But 99% of the time I talk shit, it's because I'm jealous. It's because yeah. like th- it's because whoever I'm talking shit about unless they've done something really shitty and it's warranted if it's just me being like yeah and you know who the fuck is that anyway like no 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 it's it's truly just rooted in me wanting what that person has which leads me to believe that so many of these like bullying situations especially when we're kids it's just like oh yeah this kid literally wants what you have yeah and can't vocalize that and doesn't and doesn't even have the emotional wherewithal to identify these feelings. Well, in the way that, yeah, the way that they communicate it is, yeah. of course, to be a fucking asshole yeah. when really it's just like a yearning to be able to, I don't know. Dance. Dance? What is I this, Footloose? Like, yeah. Basically. I, yeah, he he definitely had that. And it sucks that you say that because I know you're right. Like, yeah. if I, there is someone that has not been super nice to me or encouraging to me in this past year and I find myself sometimes wanting to talk shit more than I think is necessary but but then but but you also want to talk shit though because that's hurtful because you're just like you're like Babe, why are you not being supportive of me? What did I do? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just living my goddamn life yeah. and like And it, it's 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 I I wish that I could allow 
those feelings to live coupled with any jealousy I might have because like the yearning because of course beneath all of that is the pain of like I wanted to be treated well by this person because I thought there could have been a good thing there and I and I think that talking shit it's 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 just that. It's like pain and hurt that's coming out in ways that feels yeah. like we're protecting ourselves. Totally. But obviously, like, when the bullies are doing it in high school, they are... I, well, I, they're ruthless. They're and ruthless also, fuck all bullies. And fuck, fuck all them. of you. I have fuck no them. empathy for any of you. That's. The, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, God, I'm going to be talking about this these bullies. And I'm like, you know, I could say that they did have a lot of things that were... Working no, against them, but no, some they, of them are just fucking we, flops. They're flops, and we all have shit that's not working for us, yeah. and we do not. And we weren't and exactly, people. exactly. Tevi, do we have a classmates corner? We do. Um, this is from Randy. He says, "Hi, Greta Angel. I heard your call to action for your adoring fans to write in. So here I am." So this is a story from my sophomore year in high school that's a big fuck you to the manipulative girl who outed me before I was ready. I'm an openly proud gay male today. I knew I was gay from a young age, but growing up in a more conservative Christian household with very involved parents in my town, it took me some time to feel comfortable coming out to anyone before I was ready to tell them first. So sophomore year, I became friends with this loud, blonde Jersey girl who clearly developed a crush on me. She was part of that group of girls that wears pajama pants and cookie monster shit. You know the picture I'm painting. (laughs) 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 One, One night at her house, a few of us were in her hot tub. And the night somehow ended with me being locked in a bathroom with her while another girl pushed us in the shower together to make me make out with her. Over the next few months, she used her queer friend to convince me to tell them that I was bi. Classic coming out move. Then at a party, she pulled me into a room with her and her male cousin, who she said was gay, and told me to choose which of them I wanted to fuck. I left, but then started getting texts from her cousin that were very flirty and sexual, which, to be honest, I was kind of excited about because I didn't know many other gay guys. Eventually, I did the dumb teen thing and sent some dick pics. Turns out the cousin wasn't gay, and the girl had set up a burner phone to lead me on, and once I sent the pics, she forwarded them to a large group of people in my grade, telling them that I was a pathetic homo, in quotations, who was sending pictures to and harassing her straight cousin. It got back to my parents, and that turned into a whole other thing. All in all, I just want to say a big old grand fuck you to this girl, and also in hindsight, fuck you to the queer friend, too. I love the pod dearly, and I tell everyone about it. Much love, a loyal Libra listener. Wait. (laughs) Randy, we should be pressing charges. Call the goddamn cops. That's like a revenge porn case. That literally is. Well, she transcends like bitchy. No, no, no. She's a she's a legitimate. This is not who we were talking about before. This is a legitimate sociopath. evil sociopath. And not only did she utilize your queerness to like not only poke, but like then to set to not to not only out you early. Yes. To pretend to be a person who is not gay. Yes. To then send the naked revenge porn photos. Wait, but also to orchestrate to get a burner to pretend to be the cousin that was. This is like Ocean's like, Eleven. This is so elaborate. She, I mean, she clearly, we'll talk about having a fixation. She must have had such crazy feelings for Randy. 
for you, Randy. And then to not only have these feelings, but to then be a villain about it. And I thought, I know that, like, hearing that story, I, like, I also, my dog was all over me last night. I didn't sleep great. So, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, uh, my emotions are, like, very accessible right Uh now. (laughs) Yeah, and the sleep deprivation brings the emotions to the surface. I, like... I'm feeling your story in my fucking core of my tummy because that. It's sickening. I mean, it's so gross. And listen, listen, I got to say the way you also that Randy, you wrote that message. Also, Cookie Monster Girls? Honey. I know exactly who you're talking about. You have about. a way with words, Randy. Uh, yeah. And I know Poet exactly Laureate. what you're talking about. Here's my thing, too. Um, yeah, that That is the kind of traumatic event that, that takes a lifetime to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so scary it's scary when you're a teenager it's scary when you're an adult it's scary at all times but like especially when you're that young i mean it's child pornography yeah also me me becoming like a conservative like litigation yeah i'm like full like a republican it's child pornography and drag queens should not wait a minute and drag queens should not perform in public um no but it's uh you know when you're when you're in in Hollywood, when you're pitching stories, and when you're like, "Here's what I want to have happen in this mm-hmm. high school," and then you pitch that story, I guarantee you, some fucking exec would be like, mm, "That just doesn't feel realistic." That yeah, that would feel, never happen. That doesn't feel like something a teenager would do. Uh, babe, we're basically living in Riverdale in this Roll story. Roll tape. Crazy. I cannot believe that story. Well, peace and blessings to you, Randy. You seem like a great person. Obviously, you have impeccable taste as you listen to my podcast. And Can I tell Randy something? Yes. When I was in high school, this wasn't as bad as your story, but it, it, it kind of, it, I identify with it in a way. I um had a crush, what I thought was a crush on a girl, which was clearly just like, I thought she was pretty and she yeah. looked like Lauren Conrad. <laughs> and um, so what I did was I scanned the yearbook uh-huh. over like a winter break. Yeah. And it was her picture. And I scanned it because I like wanted a picture of her, which yeah. is just like a, whatever, a young, dumb, I'm weird thing to do. I'm obsessed with teenager. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm obsessed with our brains over that so young. You're, you're like, I want to pick. You're like, I'm going to scan this yearbook. And then enlarge it. <laughs> I'm scan this yearbook. I'm going to enlarge it. <laughs> and then I'm not only going to enlarge it, but then I'm going to tell someone I did this. Yeah. And then that someone yeah. is going to not only tell most of the grade, but tell the girl <gasps> that I scanned the photo and then jacked off to it. Did you jack off to no, it? No, I was gay. I like, <laughs> no, I like probably was like, I love her airy necklace. Like I never, <laughs> like I never, and of course I could be like in front of you right now and be like, actually, you know, I, I tried to jack off. No, I truly did not. Treated it like a teddy bear. That's I was like, so oh, funny. Just, she's so pretty. Yeah. Put it under my fucking pillow. And then woke up and probably like jerked off to SeanCody.com. Like I definitely I did that. not do anything like that. But it got back to her that this fake jackoff story. And then she or no, I, her good friend who was a friend of mine was like, yeah, she um she's just feeling a little like weirded out right now and just like needs some space. And I remember feeling so violated and pissed that this story was being like told to her and so many people so it's like i mean pegged as like a creep yeah 
and straight. I just like I was I was being pegged as things that I was not, and yeah. it was like such a powerless feeling. And so Ugh. I feel like that was like a small nut of what giant bowl of peanuts that Randy had to go through. But oh my it, God. it that's what a horrible time to, a horrible to deal with something time. like that. And I salute the gay boys and girls and the Krillinas who are able to be who they are today despite the trash fires that did those things in high school. We salute you, Randy. Big time salute to Randy. (laughs) 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 Um, If you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be? (sighs) The advice to my high school self... You know what it would be? It would say, I would say, Eric, you're not only funny, but you're better than the assholes who are mean to you. Love that. Wait, I want to give my high school self some advice Do it. Greta, you are going to be really hard on yourself and it's not worth it. But you're going to be so major one day, like you're going to actually achieve so much and you're going to continue to achieve all of your dreams that like none of this matters. And you're going to do it like all on your own and it's going to be really impressive and you're going to be really mean to yourself (laughs) and you got to not. That's what I'd say. Just don't be don't be mean to yourself. Can we cheers for that? We can. Unsponsored by Miracle Seltzer, my friend's delicious carbonated water company. Please buy Miracle Seltzer today. Um, did you go to your senior prom? I did. My senior prom, my dates to proms were from like girls that I, oh my God, I even talk about. I had a girlfriend my junior year of high school. Honey, you got to come back on for part two. Jeez. <laughs> well, the, the sentence Who, version Did is, you guys have sex? We um did ne- we never had sex, but at the cast party for Oliver, of yes. course, I took off all of the makeup as Fagan, and then I um had- I sent- wish you kept all the makeup on. Can you imagine? My prosthetic nose <laughs> on top of my already gigantic nose. Anyways, um, at the cast party, I we were like making out, and um, I was like, this is the only time that I'm going to be able to test the theory of can I be with a woman? Right. And so um, I didn't want to have sex, but I wanted to maybe do some downstairs stuff. And I could not get hard. Mm. And I went to the bathroom to try to like. Fluff. So I couldn't even fluff. There was no, the blood flow was straight to my brain of like. "Eh, eh, Yeah. eh." And so um, I told her I couldn't get hard because I had already jacked off that day. Because famously. (laughs) Famously, once you jack off once. Soft for 24 hours. Especially when you're a teenage boy. Especially when you have raging hormones. You will not be hard until the next calendar day. So. I then said, okay, well then at prom, could you give me a blowjob at prom? What'd she say? Sure, babe. Prom comes around. Soft as a... Soft, soft as, as, as a, a croissant in the sun. A croissant in the sun might be harder. Well, can we do a t- second take? <laughs> <laughs> soft as a stick of butter in the sun. Honey melted. Yeah, I I was like, and so prom came around, and we both kind of avoided the matter because I think we both got so drunk that we yeah. couldn't do it, and we just never touched each other. And then she broke up with me days later to be like, I feel like you don't love me, and I'm like, uh, you're like, I- <laughs> you're we're breaking the call's breaking up. Yeah, <laughs> you have receipt. One of my girlinas was in the car with me while I got dumped, and she was like, Were you upset? I was relieved. Yeah. I told after I kissed her for the first time, I told I called a friend, a girlfriend, 
and I said, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it was my first time making out with someone. Mm. And I called her and I said, it sounded like I, it sounded weird. I could hear. And, and then my friend told me years later, once I came out, she was like, the second you told me that you were th- just talking about the sound of the kiss. I know. She knew I was gay. Yeah. And you know. But yeah, she was my my prom date. What'd you wear? You know, I wore a, a rented tux probably from Men's Warehouse or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And I probably fixated on what color my tie would be. What was it? I think I did like a gorgeous periwinkle. To match her dress. Of course. Obviously. I loved my I loved my boutonniere. I love that. Um, and I think I probably gleefully danced to, to so the windows like, to the wall. Yeah. Or like... You know what I feel like was always played too? Snoop. When the when the pimps in the drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. I feel like that was always playing. God, those were good. Um, now I'm like joking. I'm like, um, I was like, I die for part of this podcast. Um, my final question of the show is: Did you have a senior superlative? So I love this question and I love when people answer it. And my answer is that I, if I did, yeah. <laughs> it's lost in a yearbook that can't be found. Love that. And um, which means I probably did not mm-hmm. and was devastated that I wasn't voted like most likely to be on Broadway. Sure. And that's probably what I would have wanted. Well, on this podcast, I am now giving you your senior superlative of most likely to be on Broadway and own a home. Oh, thank you. And can you can you add also be on Broadway after he becomes like, and, filthy rich from TV? And also be on Broadway after he becomes filthy rich from TV. Yeah, and then comes back to his house in and LA. And then comes back to his house in LA. That is a senior superlative. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for coming on my show. I had the best time with you. A fucking honor. I'm a huge fan and thank where, you. Where can all of my little classmates listen to your podcast? The classmates can follow me at Eric Wills on the socials and my podcast is called that's a gay ass podcast and you can follow us at gay ass podcast i love that thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for listening please everybody like and subscribe um you know i know that we have a really loyal fan base i see the numbers i see that there are a lot of repeat people but you know we need to get those numbers up because we gotta get the numbers up so, you know, tell your friend, do what Randy does, preach the gospel, okay? And I love you all. You give me a lot of hope. And, uh, and to that I say... School's out. School's out. Stay cool. Never change. Ta-ta! That was a HeadGum Podcast. 